Welcome to the Mask Q Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. The MassQ Professional Development Committee brings you this new podcast, which will focus on innovative teachers and practices throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We are Massachusetts teachers, providing the very best of technology in education with the Massachusetts education frameworks in mind. I'm very pleased to be joined by Dr. Kathy Collins today. Kathy is a library media specialist for Sharon High School, a co-chair of the MassQ Professional Development Committee, and on the MassQ Board of Directors. She's also the coordinator of the annual Global Education Student Showcase at the MassQ Fall Conference, and today she's going to talk to us about global ed. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Great. <laughs> Second day of summer vacation for me. So. Yeah. that's the, <laughs> oh, There's nothing better than this, right? And the people, hopefully everyone's listening to this, they're on their way to the beach or sitting at the beach or going somewhere nice right now and not cooped up inside. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of not being cooped up inside, uh, tell me about global ed. I am uh, just passionate about this topic, and um, that's why a few years back I had the idea of creating a Global Education Student Showcase as part of our MassQ Fall Conference. Um, so global education, the way I think about it, it's uh, helping our students to um, to adopt a worldview, so beyond the local suburban or rural towns that they're living in, to think um, out of the box and to embrace the perspectives of different people around the world. So, you know, we both work in, in suburban school districts. I'm in Pembroke and you're in Sharon and, and they're smaller towns. And so how do you connect with um, different places generally? What, what's, what's kind of your format for global ed? Yeah. So, um, so s over the years, um, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in a Teachers for Global Classrooms program and through that program, uh, I really learned so much about all the different tools that are out there these days, tools and organizations that are available to help educators connect their students to the world. And the list goes on and on. Um, but I would say that I have definitely my favorites that I've used with students and uh, living in Sharon, just trying to find ways to break our students out of the, the what we call the Sharon bubble. Sure. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And so video conferencing, um, Skype in the classroom, GeoGuessr, these are all tools that are out there. A lot of them are free too. And um, they're fun ways and interactive ways to bring the world directly to our students. Yeah, so you just mentioned GeoGuessr. Let's talk a little bit about that one. How do you use GeoGuessr with your students? Sure. So GeoGuessr is great because you can use it as just, uh, let's say, that that end five minutes of the class where you've covered all the material, your students are a little bit maybe tired and need a, a mind break, but in a fun way. So GeoGuessr, um, using Google Earth, it brings students to a place in the world, a random place in the world, and students have to guess using the clues around them and basically just using their eyes to observe the landscape. Um, so for instance, is there a sign in a foreign language that might be a clue? So it's basically a mystery game um, in which students have to figure out where they are in the world. It's a lot of fun and doesn't take a lot of time and uh, also appeals to students' competitive instincts. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so it's kind of a where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but using Google Maps and it's you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm a big mystery fan. So yeah, there's something about it that I just find very appealing and fun. Well, that's really cool. It gets kids, you know, it gets kids moving 
through using Google Maps and interpreting things and trying to use what they see in in that surrounding to try and make an educated guess. Um, and is there how do they how do they do the because it is kind of a game. Um, yeah. So po- yeah. So work? it basically starts you on a country road, and the whole point of the game is to figure out where in the world you are, and you can navigate down uh, the road in the app. You can turn around and zoom in to look more closely. Um, but because the game often uses the most remote location, yourself traveling for quite a while sometimes before you actually see the clues, which is part of I think the fun, the suspense builds um, as students try to figure out where they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's really neat. And then there are, you can use, uh, I'd say, you know, the pro tip to using this, you could do Google image matches. You could use Google Translate to figure out what the language is. Oh, that's or, a great so idea, yeah. it, uh, I think it also taps into students' deeper thinking skills, um, as simplistic as it might seem to be. But there are other ways of using technology then to figure out from the clues, the visual clues where students are. Yeah, and we always so. think about like what sort of things can you do with students when there's t- you know you have time on learning, but there's some downtime. Uh, you know, maybe they're in a directed study or they're in the library and they've kind of finished all the things that they're supposed to do. We we have in our middle school we have a poster and it's you know here are all the things that you should be doing before you decide that you want to play a game which you're not going to do. <laughs> so a geo guesser would be a great one for that. Yeah. And yeah, it's a point system. So again, it's definitely a game. And yet, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely learning a lot of geography. Um, for instance, uh, you know, an island called Gotland off the coast of Sweden, who would know where that was if you hadn't played this game? Yeah, no, right. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's an animal called a, a spring hare in South Africa that looks like a kangaroo. So, you know, those are just a, uh, some examples of the, the visual clues that help you figure out where you are in this um, game. And I love it because students don't um, know as much geography as they should. And this is an easy fun way to uh, to integrate it into regular classroom learning no matter what your subject is really uh, that you can always find those connections well let's tra- uh, yeah and, and let's transition yeah. on, on that to, to Google Tour Builder uh, because in some ways that you know they share a lot of similarities yes they do so um, so yeah Google Tour Builder is a is a great way uh, for either teachers to, to teach their students can again connecting in so many ways to the curriculum and, and this could across all curriculum areas. And I love that as the part of my fun task as a library media specialist is often, you know, connecting those dots between different subject areas. So Google Tour Builder, I actually think, um, well, there are two tools. So Google Tour Builder, I had an English teacher friend who um, used it for a Shakespeare um, unit. And so using that, you could take the, whatever the setting of the story is, and create a tour that takes students right into that story setting, which is great. Wow, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I love Google Tour Builder, but I, I also want to put this out there that if Google Tour Builder is too time-consuming for, you know, the very busy classroom teacher um, who's maybe less uh, tech-oriented or just, you know, less interested in, in, in uh, or less able to take the time to 
actually build the tour themselves, then, well, either you could have the students create their own tour as a learning uh, experience, or you could also do Google Lit Trips, which uh, oh. I want to also put a plug in for because Google Lit Trips are these amazing downloadable files. Um, and I think they have at least 200 titles for every grade level at this point. I'm at the high school level, so uh, we've done it for the Kite Runner. Uh, but what I love about it, the tour is already there. So uh, if you are a little bit strapped for time, as many classroom teachers are, you can download these files and they're wonderful. So I know oftentimes, and I, as a librarian, I love reading, but if I don't know something in the story I'm reading, I'll sometimes circle it. And how many times do you not then go back and, you know, do the research to figure out whatever it was you just circled? Sure. But with, so the idea behind the Google Lit Trips is that you can, the hyperlinks are already built in. So click on a link to find out more. So in the Kite Runner, for instance, if you wanted to know more um, about a specific maybe Islamic practice, you could click on that link and then it, it's, uh, it takes you right there. So um, it's a wonderful, a wonderful learning tool. Yeah, I love it. It almost it turns the text <laughs> it, into a hyperdoc, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I played around with Lit Trips a little bit. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with it, but one of the the first Lit Trip I downloaded was um, was for Catcher in the Rye, and I loved looking at Holden Caulfield's journey through New York City. And that, like, as you read the book, he's he's going up and down and up and down and up and down throughout New York throughout Manhattan. But then seeing it in the map. Um, it, it looks absurd. Like he he walks back and forth and back and forth, and it has every single stop, and it has a little explanation about where he went and what he did, and you know the hotel and everything else. Uh, but to me, it was it was it was pretty telling. Like you have this image in your head of what it might look like. I've been to New York City, so I have a sense. Uh, but a lot of people haven't. You, you imagine you're reading this book on the West Coast or in some small town in the Midwest, you have no idea what New York would look like. Here's an opportunity to sit down, read the book, see what New York looks like, see the absurdity of his his <laughs> his journey, right, through through New York City, trying to find himself. Exactly, I think it's just really magical and it's using Google Earth technology, but to bring books to life for students who are maybe um, not so, um, they need the visuals, right? Yeah, so there yeah. are pop-up windows that have these just-in-time resources. There are discussion starters, which are really helpful for teachers. And then there are links to all sorts of you know, supplementary information about real-world references in whatever portion of the story that you're in. Um, and so it, it really it brings the book to life. And I think it personalized personalizes it really for uh, individual readers. So it's a great resource. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm a big, also a big fan of Lit Trips. Um, now, what about National Geographic Map Maker Interactive? So it's you know it's kind of playing off of the, this idea of interactive maps and the, the um, global ed. Um, how have you used that? Yeah, so our some of our student help desk um, students a few years back explored this. I was going through a National Geographic Educator Certification process, and part of that included looking at different tools. And so the lesson plan that I developed was, again, uh, as a way to get students out of the Sharon bubble. It was all about um, students looking at immigration patterns over the years and then comparing those patterns to other places in the world. And so this resource allows students to observe and manipulate data sets on a world map. There's a weather and a climate tab that shows, again, it 
brings things to life visually. So it could be visual representations of climate data. In this case, it was immigration patterns. And um, so you can create these links on maps to show photographs or videos of a specific area. You could add, for instance, images of landscapes or students could be asked to identify and label areas with certain, in this case, it was immigration patterns. So, um, Wow. <laughs> it's a very it's a very cool basically yeah. the sky's the limit as far as what exactly you're mapping but it could be linked to photos to video to text written by the student or um, graphs yeah so we're not just talking about physical maps it's actual interactive things that you're looking at patterns in world history and 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 weather and environment it's that's that's pretty powerful yeah it's it's a really cool tool again it has those cross-curricular um, you know, possibilities. Yeah. Now, what about like a pro, a pro tip for a power user on something like that? Any suggestions? Uh, so my pro tip really for this resource, it just takes a little bit of time to uh, figure out how to manipulate the data on the individual maps. So looking at, just looking at other maps that um, teachers who have been using it for a while have created is, uh, that's how I, uh, that, that was my learning curve, just looking at examples that were um, and then, you know, taking a lot of time to just play around with it and, and also getting your students involved in, uh, students are the best teachers. So uh, again, the, my pro tip in this case, my help desk students were my teacher in um, investigating the, the tool and sharing um, their reflections about its pros and its cons with really students across the, the school through a blog that um, our instructional technology person um, helps to coordinate. So that was a cool project. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So um, what other things are you working on? Uh, I want to know about this, the China exchange and, and the trips that you're taking. Okay. So yeah, I love actually physically getting out into the world with students. And I know not everyone can do that, but so another useful tool that I want to mention is Skype in the classroom. So uh, I coordinate our district's Chinese exchange program, which is uh, students come here for eight weeks in the fall from China, and then our students have the chance to go to China to a school, our sister school in Xi'an, and they spend uh, seven weeks over there. And that's one amazing program. And then the other organization that I've been involved with for about five years now, it's called World Challenge. And I'm about July 2nd, I will be taking off with another co-teacher leader and a World Challenge expedition leader to Tanzania, Africa, where we'll be doing global service, have a chance to take a safari and for the island of Zanzibar. So during that time, wow. um, yeah, there's a neat resource that I want to mention um, called, well, Skype in the classroom, and probably some teachers are familiar, but maybe not all teachers. So what I love about Skype in the classroom, I can actually take, using a template, the experience of my students, and I can share that as a lesson with teachers around the world. And likewise, if I'm looking for a lesson, then, you know, it's one-stop shopping, <laughs> taking a look at uh, what the Skype in the Classroom offerings are. And so another, and you asked me what else I'm up to this uh, summer. Well, my brother-in-law in the fall is embarking on an amazing 42-day cycling journey across the country wow. as a fundraiser, a fundraiser in honor of my uh, my sister who... Uh, sadly passed away this past October. And um, as part of, you know, being an educator, I wanted to do something to 
uh, as far as the geography of his cross-country journey. So I'm going to fill out a Skype in the classroom lesson template, and then I'll be able to post that, and students will be able to share his journey um, along the way in real time, which wow. I'm really excited yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Uh, what a cool opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so how can people connect with you online? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is appropriately <laughs> at techgypsy, followed by the number 11. So that's techgypsy11. And uh, I love connecting with um, other teachers to share resources, to just brainstorm together. I'm always learning, so I want to be really clear about that. <laughs> so much to learn. And uh, I feel like every day right now I'm learning about another resource that's out there. So I'm um, happy to connect. Yeah, that's great stuff. So Kathy Collins, um, Sharon Public Schools, uh, MassCube Professional Development Committee, Board of Directors, the Global Education Student Showcase. I can't wait to see that at the fall conference this year. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for inviting me, Brandon. Now to some listener mail. Leave us a voice message through Anchor, and we might feature your comment or question on the next podcast. Adobe Spark is such a great and versatile tool, and I haven't explored it as much as I would like to. Um, and I really appreciate these tips from Rochelle Cooper about how to uh, put it in action in both my classroom and um, actually to use it as a professional tool as well. So thank you for that. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the Get a Q podcast from MassQ, here to educate, connect, and inspire.